Now, if you've been around here 20 years, you've probably heard this story from me about 20 times. And every Christmas season, I go back to this story because I see so many things that just speaks volumes about the accuracy and the inerrancy of this Bible that I have before me. God doesn't just give us a lot of, of just a lot of thoughts and scattered ideas, but this Bible is put together in such a way that it is a story from beginning to the end. And uh, one pastor or one preacher from years ago put it, he defined it as something like a scarlet thread that enters on the first page and it weaves its way through every page of the scripture from beginning to end. And until you see the, God's word in that light, it's never going to be real to you. Uh, it's never going to be something that you can go to and depend on and trust in and, um, and put your life and invest your life in God's precious word. Well, enough said about that, but I guess it was about 20 years ago, I was invited to go over to Brunswick, Bible Baptist Church over there, Brother Mike Landrum, one of the best churches in Georgia. And I've had the privilege to preach there through the years. A couple of years ago, I did their missions conference and also uh, their Bible college graduation. But way back about 20 years ago, invited me to come over to their Christmas banquet. And I began to study. And when I was reading the, the story of Christmas, it was always interesting to me when something is kind of mentioned multiple times. One thing multiple times in a very short passage of scripture. And so I have to stop and I have to look at it. I don't know if it has something to do with my OCD or whatever it is, but you know, I just can't let it pass. And so I'll investigate it. Sometimes I find that it, it doesn't go anywhere. And other, other times I found out that it's just something that you never finish. And it's kind of the story that never ends. And it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I should say tonight. And so let's read a little bit in chapter number two and verse number seven of the gospel according to St. Luke. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and look at these words and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Then verse number 11 kind of defines, usually you'll find the answer to to a particular passage of scripture within the passage of scripture, within the same context, you see God's intent and purpose in a story. You find that in verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The three titles that are given to him uh, in this passage of scripture, Savior, Christ, and Lord, keep those three things in mind. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was 
with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. We'll start with verse number 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So that being the third time the manger has been uh, identified. And, uh, and so if you take the words that are given in verse number, the, uh, the titles of our Lord that are given in verse number 11 and compare them to the, to the three stories of the manger, you'll see how, how detailed this Bible really is. God makes no mistakes in His Word. There are no co contradictions. There's nothing contrast one place to the other, the old to the new, one book to the other, one author with another. It's always perfectly accurate. Let me mention this, and I heard it on the radio, and, and it reminded me, I heard part of it on the radio, and, but it reminded me of how accurate the King James Bible is in the next chapter, or perhaps it's in this same chapter. It's actually in the same chapter. When you get a little further along, uh, in verse number 33, the Bible said, the Bible said these words, it said, Joseph and his mother. Now that's correct. That's 100% accurate. Joseph and his mother, speaking of Jesus, said Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. That's the Holy Ghost describing who the father of Jesus really is. And uh, a little later in the chapter, Mary brings it up. She brings up the, and she says, uh, your father and I, your father and your mother, somewhere later in the chapter. But then Jesus speaks up, and he said these words, something along this line. I'm not going to take time. It's not in my message tonight. And so when the Holy Ghost is speaking, he talks and said that Joseph and his mother. When Mary's speaking, she said, your father and your mother. But then Jesus speaks up and he said something like this. I am come to do the works of my father. Now here's the thing. In the King James Bible, it's perfectly accurate. Joseph and Jesus' mother. The Revised Standard Version, you know what it says? His father and his mother. Now, if Joseph is the father of Jesus Christ, we're all hopelessly lost in our sins. But if God is the father, as Jesus said, I've come to do the work of my father. <laughs> See how this Bible works out. You can learn to love this book. You can, you can just dive into this book if you choose to do so. And you'll uncover, you'll uncover mysteries that you never thought would come to pass. And so just with that in mind, and, and so I think about how that, you know, uh, after all the years of study, and some of you have been studying God's Word, the Scripture, longer than I have, and uh, you always find these stories within the stories. 
Now the story is about the birth of Christ and it's all about, you know, how that, uh, that Jesus came in the world and the shepherds and the angels and all the things that we talk about during the Christmas season. But the story in the story is that, that our Savior is, uh, he's our Savior, he's our Lord, and he's our Christ. Now let me think about that for just a moment, but, but to be mindful, and again, you, you know the story as well as I do, uh, but looking, you know, when you look at the details, you, you know, you, when, you read, when you're reading God's word, it's unlike any other book in your library. Because there is, there's something about the spirit of the scripture that just works its way off the pages. The spirit of the scripture. We know about the inspiration of the scripture. We know about the accuracy of the scripture. We know about the history of the scripture. The doctrine of the scripture. And that's what we rely on, that's what we trust in. But if we're, if we're not careful, sometimes we just lose the very practical meanings of God's word. Sometimes if we're, not, if we're not careful, we'll miss the makeup of the scripture, how the scripture is formed and, and how the scripture flows and, and the composition of the scripture and, and the nature of the scripture, how God that is up in heaven and in his, in his perfect being and uh, how that he is communicating messages to people like you and me. Some of you may have a college education. Somebody may have a PhD. Somebody may yet be in the first grade. But this book that I have before me, God has a message for every, doesn't matter what your academic level is, doesn't matter what your uh, other levels might be, your scholarly um, uh, ideas and, and so on and so forth. God has a message for every single one of us. And can I say this? My time's running out before we can get to the message. Can I say this tonight? Uh, he's got a message for not just from the pastor, not just from the Sunday school teachers, not just from the junior church people, but he's got a message in you. He's got a message he wants to share with you. And uh, I'm so thankful that he does that. Take somebody like me or somebody like you and develop a message from you. There are three gifts that are given to us. I'll give you all this in the next two minutes. and We'll, we'll get to prayer. Maybe three, okay? There's some other messages in our text. There's some messages of three gifts in verse number 10. The gifts are fear not, great joy, and that to all people. There are three challenges that are given to us in this passage of Scripture, as short as it is. In verse number 14, we're given three challenges. That we're to give glory to God, that there is on earth to be peace, and here it is again. And that goodwill is toward all men. God's not just interested in Victory Baptist Church and Lowndes County and Faith Baptist Church and Corinth Baptist Church, and God's interested in the world. And so it's to all people and goodwill toward all men. And then there are the three manger scenes. In verse number seven, the Bible said, and laid him in a manger. Now God could have just stopped with the word manger there. There's some words that are only used one time in the Bible, just one time in the Bible. And he could have carried on into verse number 12 and verse number 16. And rather than saying uh, about the manger, he could have just said, and there. 
and there. And we would, we would translate that uh, as to being that he's continuing with the same thought and he's talking about the manger. But he went to such detail that we might see the manger scenes. The manger scenes. The first one in verse number seven, and laid him in a manger. In verse number 12, lying in a manger. In verse number 16, the babe lying in a manger. Three times he makes mention of that. It is not by any coincidence that he mentions the manger three times and that, it, that he mentions the, the titles of Jesus three times in verse number 11. You'll see that in just a moment. And um, there's not only three gifts and three challenges, there are three manger scenes that are given to us. Manger, manger, manger. Could have used and there or whatever in the place. But he identified the manger in particular so we would be able to translate what's going on in verse number 11 and apply it to these three stories. In, um, in verse number 11, he's given three titles. The title of Savior. The Savior is the one who delivers. He gives the title of Christ. He is the anointed one. And I put one in all of these because there are not multiple saviors. There's only one. There's only one Christ. And by the way, there's only one Lord. No man can serve two masters. And so he, he, he talks about the Savior who delivers. He talks about the Christ who is the anointed one. And he talks about the Lord who is the one master. In verse number seven, and you're reminded of the story, the first manger scene has to do with the inn. There it is in that sheep stable, and, uh, the, and uh, there's no room for him in the inn, and so they take him to the manger, and here's, here's the rejection of Christ. The rejection of Christ. You see it in the Old Testament. had it in Isaiah 53. He talks about it in the New Testament in John chapter 1. And so we see that the Savior is rejected. The picture in the first manger. There was no room for him in the end. I wish I had time to preach the whole story. The second uh, is the revelation of Christ. The first one is about the Savior. The second manger scene is about Christ. In verse number 12, look at the wording here. And you shall, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then it talks about, you know, how that this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And then finally tonight, we see in verse number 16, the receiving of the Lord. The Savior has been rejected. The Christ has been revealed. And now the Lord is to be received. The Lord is to be received. The receiving of the Lord in verse number 16, and we didn't read the following verses. If we had time, we could do that, and you'd get a clearer picture. But And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they'd seen it, and the story goes on and on and on, and now the, now the, the Lord has been received. You'd have to turn quickly with me in Romans chapter number 10 to get the full meaning of this. And uh, you see as you read the story, and it's what we call the, the end of the Romans road, and it's how that you receive it. And when he talks about this, about receiving it is the Lord, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord, 
Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and so that's the story. The Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that uh, God hath raised him from the dead. That's verse number nine. And in verse number 12, he mentions it again. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, the same Lord over all. And so we see how each manger scene tells us a story of who Jesus really is. It's a fascinating book when you think about it. It really is. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Well, our time's come and gone. It's just devotion on Wednesday night anyway. It's not really preaching or anything. But let's take our prayer request, and then we'll have a time at the altar tonight. And I'll go ahead and uh, just mention a couple of names. Uh, Brother Robert Johnson, he had his uh, uh, second eye, his uh, cataract surgery yesterday. I had talked to him uh, today or yesterday, but uh, his first one did very well. And so continue to pray for him as he recovers from that. And then uh, another one that I want, I want to make mention of, there's uh, all the way down the list of so many uh, names that need our prayers. Uh, but one of our uh, young uh, students in our school, uh, his grandmother uh, was, um, fell off of a roof, I think it was last Friday, and was killed. And so pray for that. I'll just give you his first name. First name's Carter. And if you'd pray for that young man, and um, I, I don't know the details behind that. Some of our ladies are going to the funeral, but be much in prayer for their family. It's such a heartbreaker right here at Christmas.